Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 5th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I'm still here on my own as James and his family finish up their trip abroad. I'm not 100% sure when he'll be back on this show. It'll either be tomorrow, but more than likely the next day. So just, you know, keep listening and it'll be a surprise when you hear James Dulcet Tones joining the broadcast. Over the weekend, we had two episodes come to you here in the Broadway radio feed. First up was Jan Simpson's latest episode of Stagecraft, interviewing the playwright of Niceties, Eleanor Burgess. Niceties got a great review from Peter Felicia on This Week on Broadway, so definitely check out Stagecraft first, and then hear Peter's review on This Week on Broadway that came to you on Sunday, which, because James was gone, I got to host. I got to sit in the big chair for the first time ever, so that was a ton of fun to talk to Peter and Michael. Peter also gave a tremendous review to Torch Song on Broadway, so definitely check that out. Those will both be in the feed. We'll also have links to both of those episodes on the Broadway Radio website in the show notes. Okay, let's get to the news. Last night at the Booth Theater, the new play American Son opened on Broadway, featuring a four-person cast of Kerry Washington, Stephen Pasquale, Jeremy Jordan, and Eugene Lee. Directed by Tony winner Kenny Leon, the show is written by lawyer-slash-playwright Christopher Demos Brown and is scheduled to run through January 27th. The show is set in a Florida police station in the middle of the night, and two parents, one black and one white, are searching for answers about their son. The reviews really run the gamut, and so what we're going to do here is we're going to take a look at one at each point on that critical continuum, starting first with the positive as Jesse Green of the New York Times made the show a critic's pick, writing, quote, Some great performances come with elaborate costumes or prosthetic noses attached. Some involve crackerjack timing or floods of tears. But the great performance Kerry Washington is giving in American Sun, which opened on Sunday at the Booth Theater on Broadway, features no such decoration. The only thing Miss Washington has to do as Kendra Ellis Connor is bulldoze her way through 85 minutes of mounting agony as a mother whose son may be in desperate trouble. Let's add black to that sentence because it changes everything as a black mother whose son may be in desperate trouble. Green continues, quote, American Sun is not a subtle play. It barely feels like a play at all, with its unrelenting high tension on every level, maternal, marital, societal. It's more like a slice of a nightmare, with few contours despite its surprises. Its abrupt ending doesn't even offer a chance for catharsis. It just spits you out. But why should the audience be left off the hook? Why, when everything's coming apart, should any of us? Quite the review there. Uh, moving on to Alexa Solosky, who sees good and bad in the show, she wrote for The Guardian and said, quote, Though American Son has the superficial form of a classical tragedy and a scene of raw suffering that few tragedies can equal, it also has a creaky dramatic structure, shallow characterizations, naive politics, and indifferent writing. Directed by Kenny Leon, who has submerged his tendency to showboat in favor of studied naturalism, it's a very powerful play without being an especially good one, and that shouldn't matter power being hard to come by, but sometimes it does. Now here's where it gets interesting, as my admitted favorite critic Sarah Holdren from Vulture wrote, quote, American Sun has its serious sights set on a subject of indisputable tragic weight, the unjustifiable killing of unarmed black men in America by unaccountable police officers. 
It also has a contrived TV-ish script peopled with one-note characters and peppered with amateurish flourishes. Its playwright, Christopher Demos Brown, a writer and lawyer who runs a practice in Miami, seems to be positioning himself as a kind of John Grisham for the stage, and its director, Kenny Leon, can't push the material past its inherent paperback flatness. There's nothing remotely theatrical about this play, no reason for it to be a play at all, save that we retain a kind of anxious cultural cachet about drama. Putting something on stage seems to aggrandize it, make it more serious-minded and more luxurious, closer to opera than Netflix. But the truth is that contemporary plays like American Sun are simply imitations of the shows on Netflix, or in this case, NBC. Uh, as a parenthetical here, I think that's a reference to Law & Order, since Kerry Washington's scandal was on ABC, but you can kind of figure out why that sounds like a Dick Wolf show here. Um, but she continues, and pale ones at that, because unlike our age's spat of fascinating television, these plays want to be something they're not. They neither take joy in the possibilities of their own form, nor respect its demands. So this one seems to really have split the critics, some obviously appreciating what it does do well, like Jesse Green, and some not really liking much of anything at all, which was Sarah Holdren, although she does praise some of the performances in her reviews. We'll have a link to the full list of reviews that came out on Sunday night if you want to check those out in the show notes. Okay, moving on to some other news. Just days after announcing a run of Bat Out of Hell, the musical in New York City at Sandy Center, which would have come on the heels of a national tour, cast members are now sharing on social media that the tour has been canceled. Cast members of the show, which is currently running in Toronto, uh, or actually just finished running over the weekend, were told before Thursday evening's performance that the show will instead close over the weekend after its final performance in Toronto. Then, on Friday, a spokesperson for the production said, quote, The show is being postponed and everyone involved is working on rescheduling. That spokesperson also added that the City Center run had not been postponed, but I'll believe that when I see it. The show already had dates announced at specific theaters, so uh, it, it seems like a kind of a shocking thing that a tour was canceled. I, I would love to see what the background information is on this, if the theaters instigated this, or if the production itself instigated this. But uh, really sad for everybody involved as they were planning on having a nice long national tour year uh, under their belts, but I wouldn't count on this being rescheduled, as the press release seemed to say. Okay, moving on to some quick show and casting news. First, The Hollywood Reporter exclusively reported last week that Warner Brothers was developing a movie adaptation of the musical adaptation of the movie adaptation of the Alice Walker novel, The Color Purple. Oprah Winfrey, Quincy Jones, and Scott Sanders, who produced the Broadway version, will produce the big screen musical. Steven Spielberg, who directed the original film, is back as well, this time as a producer as well. The project is in the early stages of development and will now look to land a writer. No casting decisions have been made, obviously, but given that Cynthia Erivo, who won a Tony, Emmy, and Grammy for the stage version and its different incarnations, is beginning to build quite a screen career, I'd be a bit shocked if she didn't reprise her role in this movie and then try to get that elusive one-show EGOT, which I don't think has ever happened before, um, so that would be really interesting. Also on Friday, we learned that Rattlestick Playwrights Theater had extended the New York premieres of Lewis and Clarkston, two plays written by Samuel D. Hunter and directed by his longtime collaborator, Davis McCollum. These two plays are said to be written to be in conversation with one another and are performed as a single evening of theater with dinner served in between. Rattlestick has announced a two-week extension and the show will now play through December 16th. 
And finally, I wanted to give you an update on my theater going over the weekend, including my ridiculously enjoyable fourth show Saturday. I started off by going to James and the Giant Peach by Pasek and Paul over at Atlantic Kids, and the show itself was super fun. So if you've got kids that are interested in musicals, highly recommend that. But what was really interesting on Saturday morning, I happened to go to what they call a relaxed performance, which uh, was intended to be for kids who might not normally be able to sit through a well, in this case, morning, but an hour-ish, hour and 15-minute-ish musical theatrical performance. From the very beginning, they offered kids uh, fidget spinners or headphones if they needed, uh, and they said, if you want to get up in the middle of the show, feel free. And they told everybody in the audience that you were welcome to respond however you saw fit and to keep in mind that other people might be responding in different ways. So it was a really sweet and inclusive way to do a theatrical performance. And it really seemed to welcome in families that might not otherwise get to go to the theater. And the cast was fantastic. So I really think that we'll probably see some of those folks in in other things as they were all young, but um, really highly recommend that, especially uh, those relaxed performances, which I really applaud Atlantic for doing. Then I went to the other Josh Cohen at the West Side Theater. That's still in preview, so I don't want to talk about it a ton, although I did tweet about it, as is my my want. It is a, it is a ton of fun, and then James was right to recommend it from the paper mill. And coincidentally, uh, I went with Natalie Nowak from uh, On My Way to a BFA, and we sat right next to Hunter Foster, who's directing the show, and his team as they were taking notes. So that was super fun as well. From there, I went over to Ars Nova for the first time ever, which is such a cool space. It's always fun when they say, you can take any unreserved chair or cushion. So that was cool. Uh, I saw Rags Parkland sings the songs of the future, which I said on This Week on Broadway is the most elegantly constructed title in the history of theater. I loved this show so, so much. If you are interested in that um, at at all, and I tweeted about it again, uh, go see it. Go see it at Ars Nova, because I, I think this will have some sort of future, whatever that might be, but it was really a special, thrilling evening of theater. And then I went and saw Wicked over at the Gershwin for my first time on Broadway, actually. I've seen it in Chicago, Atlanta, and Orlando, but this is my first time seeing it on Broadway, and it was so special to see Jessica Vosk do that role on the Gershwin stage. So uh, highly recommend that if you haven't been to Wicked in a long time. It is definitely worth the trip. Then on Sunday, I made my way up to Lincoln Center to see the one and only, the incredible Tony winner, Laura Benanti, take on her dream role of Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Needless to say, it was everything I wanted and more. I'd originally gotten kind of a cheaper ticket up in the Loge, but I got there and I was like, it's Laura Benanti as Eliza Doolittle. So I went to the box office, upgraded my ticket, ended up being in the fourth row center, and it was so worth it. She is so funny. She brings such a a humor and warmth and humanity to that role. And uh, that's what th- that role needs. And it seemed to elevate the rest of the cast who seemed to be playing the inherent comedy of it because George Bernard Shaw was funny. Uh, so I, I think that played it a little more than it was when I saw it back in previews earlier this spring. And I will say, Laura's still working on the accents a little bit, but that did not distract my enjoyment from the show at all. And then from there, I went all the way down to Brooklyn to see, as it's being dubbed, Sexy Oklahoma at St. Anne's Warehouse. I will say that about 80% of this thing was absolutely perfect in my mind. The other 20% was unrelentingly confusing, and I have some serious questions. Uh, I went with Robbie Rizal, who hated parts of it. You can check out his Twitter if you want to see which part he hated the most. Um, 
Yeah, I've got questions. This is the type of theater that I really enjoy the most. Um, classic shows being kind of reinterpreted in unique settings with unique artists. But I'm not 100% sure about this one yet. I'm super glad I saw it, though, because it is something that needs to be seen. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Maybe James will be back tomorrow? I'm not 100% sure, but either way, have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you soon.